Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the All Terrain Podcast. This episode is being recorded in front of a live audience here at the Youth and Children's Ministry Conference of the Salvation Army in the UK and Republic of Ireland. I'm your host, Matt White, and we are recording two episodes of the podcast here at the University of Warwick. As always, I'll be inviting guests to take a hypothetical hike as we find out about their real-life journey to this point, and they'll have to make four choices for the walk and answer four questions along the way. In this episode, I'm joined by a very special guest. Please give a warm welcome to Tim Alford. Hello, Tim. Hello, Matt. Now, it's 20 past 10 here on a Saturday night in Coventry, right? The golden hour, as I call it. Uh, And Tim has just been preaching in one of our evening sessions and did an absolutely brilliant job. Would you agree? It really was. It was a stunning message, Tim. So thank you. And thank you also for coming straight from that to here and then driving for two hours to get to where you're going to preach tomorrow. Is that right? (laughs) That's right, yeah. Up up to Manchester tonight. So we genuinely, genuinely appreciate you doing this. Now, look, before we get started, we need to make uh, two of your choices. Okay, let's do this. So the first one is this. Where are we walking? Well, I live in Malvern, Mm. uh, and just just, uh, a a brisk 20-minute walk Mm. from my office will take me to the top of the of the beacon in mm-hmm. the Worcestershire, uh, the Worcestershire beacon on the Malvern Hills, which is beautiful. So I love that. Mm. So I was tempted to go for that, but I figured I can just do that every day. Yeah, so I'm true. not going to go for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've gone for Scarfell in the Lake District, tallest uh, tallest Ooh. mountain in England. Someone went, yes. Yeah. Ooh. Represents a Lake good District. Choice. So right. <laughs> uh, yeah. there's a few. Lives reasons. in South London, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Holiday destination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a few reasons I've gone for Scarfell in the Lake District. Uh, one is because I I don't know what it is, but every time I like see a hill or drive past a mountain, yeah. there's just an overwhelming urge in me to go to the top of it. Okay. I, don't, I don't know if there's anybody else like that, but okay. I, I can't I can't drive past a hill without going. I'd like to go to the top of that. This is the view, right? This yeah. Is it. Here we go. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other reason is because um, uh, at a very well, reasonably young age, my dad took me up Scarfell, so I have that memory. And also because uh, a few years ago, I took a, a whole bunch of students from uh, Regents Theological College, where, mm. I, where I teach, who do the youth ministry program there, and we did the three peaks together. Oh. And um, we, di- we did Scarfell in the middle of the night in pitch black, so it'd be nice to do it in the day. Nice to see it. Yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. <laughs> nice to be able to see it. Wow. And, so, and I love the Lake District, it's beautiful. Yeah. I, love, I love wilderness, I love being out amongst nature. It does it for me. So Scarfell, that's what we're going for. Now, tell us about what you do. So, um, I met you many years ago when you were the lead singer of a band yes. called Dweeb. <laughs> yes, um, and, and obviously that's when we did some events together and yeah. went through the Salvation Army we met. But you do something very different now. What is it you do? Yeah. Uh, well, I've got the huge privilege of leading a ministry called Limitless, which is the National Youth and Children's Ministry of uh, Elam Pentecostal Churches in, in the UK. I've been doing that about six years now, uh, and I love it. It's a thrill. I, I, I love um, working with youth leaders and children's ministry leaders, these guys, um, I'm not saying it just because they're sitting in front of us here in the live audience, but these guys are absolutely my heroes, how they, they sacrifice their time, they give of their energy and effort to, to do what I think is the most important thing anybody could give their life to, which is to pass on the gospel to the next generation. And what could we give our lives to that's more important than that? So um, I, I, it's a huge privilege. We, we run a number of events through the year. We do some pioneering in churches that don't have any young people helping them to start new youth ministries. We have a podcast. I'm not as good a host as you are. I know you are. You're much better. I've heard it. <laughs> yeah. Speak at a nice pace. You're not too quick. Yeah. That's good. That's what's nice about it. Um, but again, that's, uh, it's called the Limitless Leadership Podcast uh, for, for, for youth leaders. And uh, I, I teach at Regents Theological College uh, on our youth ministry program. Uh, there as well so yeah I, I love what I get to do and I'm a volunteer uh, youth leader at my local church and so yeah. I love doing that I, I know yeah. I, I know that about you and I think that's really interesting because I guess sometimes the temptation can be when you step into a different role or a slightly more overseeing role it can be really easy to lose sight of the the day-to-day the week-to-week running being part of serving in a youth group how important is it for you to keep doing that yeah it's it's really important for a couple of reasons number one youth culture changes so fast, so fast. And so I, 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 I want to be at the coalface, you know. I, I want to know what's happening in the lives of young people, engaging with young people. But also, if uh, I, I guess my role is, this, this sounds a bit pretentious, but go with me for a minute. I guess my role is kind of a leader of leaders, um, serving youth and, and children's leaders across the country. So it's important to me that they know that I get it, 
that I get their challenges, I get their joys, I get their struggles, I, I know what it's like for them to experiences, experience the challenges that, that they go through. So it's really important for me for those reasons. But also I love it. I love, I love our team, I love our, our young people. And, and last Sunday, a uh, young person came up to me who's been coming to our youth group for uh, maybe two years, maybe even a little bit more than that. And she came up to me. She um, she came up to me on Sunday morning. She said, "Tim, I've got some really good news." I said, "What is it?" She said, "I've become a Christian." And I said, "Yes!" Wow. Two high fives. And I gave yeah, her two yeah. high fives, and I asked her what happened, and she told me the story just in her bedroom, met with God. And what's better than that? Mm. What is better than that? I love mm. it. Um, so yeah, that's so. great. So that's your job. What about home life? Who's at, who's at home? Yeah. So uh, I'm married to Jen. Uh, in April, we will have been married for 10 years. Wow. So we're about to celebrate our 10-year anniversary. Uh, we've got two kids. Tobiah is six and Aria, who is three. Mm. So that's us. Um, so we've got another choice to make before we get going. Okay, let's questions, do it. And that's who's it. coming with us. So you get three of these. Uh, one of them is living. So who's our living companion? Well, I have to say the living one, that was the hardest one for me to decide, okay. right? So, so I, I, I thought about... I'm, I'm, Big into movies, okay. so Steven Spielberg is somebody I'd love to spend some time with. I, I, I've watched every every single movie that Steven Spielberg has done. Uh, I'm a big sports fan. I'm an Arsenal fan for my sins. Um, so so not, not a big sports fan. You're an Arsenal fan. Yeah, okay. Two, okay, okay, okay. two very different yeah, fair things. Enough, fair I enough, find. Fair enough. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard time. It's a hard time yeah, right now. Yeah. But um, so Arsene Wenger, I think, would be a fascinating character to to go for a walk with. He's a very intelligent guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Thierry Henry, my hero as a child was Ian Wright, and I, I yeah. figure like he would make good company. Yeah. Um, uh, but then I thought, you know, maybe I, I want to be wise about the decision. So so I, I thought about people who've coached me from afar that I've never met. Okay. Um, whom I've read loads of their work and they've really helped me in my leadership. Mm. So people like James Emery White. Uh, but the person I've gone for in the end uh, is, is a, a pastor uh, and a kind of a, a leadership guy uh, by the name of Andy Stanley. Mm. Uh, I listened to his podcast, yeah, read great. loads of his stuff and just found it really helpful. Many of the things that I've read from uh, Andy Stanley has made the most tangible impact on my leadership. Yeah. Like I can trace some of the ways I communicate, I can trace some of the ways I, I lead directly back to what I've you know heard him teach or, or read in, in his works. And so I'd love to be able to do the personal face-to-face one-to-one and ask him some questions. So I'm going for Andy Stanley. Um, so you get to bring a dead person with us as well. Um, I should point out, they are back to life. It's not like weekend at Bernie's. Okay. Not like dragging a corpse <laughs> with like sunglasses on. Yeah. I've never that said that be, before, but it's important because I know be people creepy. are listening going, yeah. why are they dragging these corpses? Right, yeah. We're not doing that. Who's your dead person? So, so this seems like an obvious choice, but it... But, but it was this was a much easier one for, for mm. me to make. And it would be the Apostle Paul. Okay. Um, for sure. Like, uh, obviously, I spent a, a lot of time uh, mm. reading his letters. Um, and I've, got, I've also got some questions for the Apostle yeah. Paul. Would you know what I mean? Yeah, I'd like yeah, some yeah, clarification yeah, yeah. on yeah. some stuff. Hey, some people say this about what you've written. Yeah. Some people say this about yeah. what you've written. What did you mean? Yeah. Um, I, 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 could you imagine being able to have that, those conversations with him yeah. uh, face-to-face? And, and also to be able to fill in some of the blanks of his story. Yeah. I read recently um, Paul's uh, aut- uh, autobiography. Biography? It's not an autobiography. Which is one that you've written biography. yourself? Autobiography. Biography. The one, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Paul's, uh, Paul's biography. If you've got his autobiography, you should probably sell yeah, that because yeah, that's yeah, going to be worth yeah, a few yeah. quid. <laughs> we can do a deal on that one. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, no, he doesn't have no, it. He know, doesn't have no it. I probably doesn't have it. Lads. He doesn't. He's, no he's, he's never seen it. That published, yeah, yeah. Um, by and biography by N.T. Wright. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I found it fascinating. Yeah. Interesting. And finally, one fictional. Now this one's e- this was the easiest one. I, f- I reckon I'm going to get a witness from the from the people in the audience here because my fictional companion, without any shadow of a doubt, would be Yoda. Come on now, that would be a quality yeah. companion. Imagine the wisdom you'd get from Yoda. I know, but he has form. You'd have to carry him in a backpack. No, because he's got that little like um, seat thing, isn't he? Oh, he's using that. Is that is that Yoda? It's not kind he's of. He's going to kind of scoot okay. along on his like. It's um, not Last Jedi. You know, has to be carried around in a bag yeah. like some sort of weird yeah. dog oh, in yeah. LA. I'd be up for that as well. Like just kind of whispering wisdom, okay. like like he did to Luke. You know, interesting. So Yoda's coming on there. Oh yeah. So we've got Andy Stanley. He's got top banter as well, hasn't he, Yoda? You know what I mean? Empire Strikes Back. Does he? Yeah. Um, so let's move on to the... Uh, can I just the, say, if you're yes. listening to this podcast and you think Yoda would be a great uh, companion, mm. please tweet 
please uh, yeah, message at, at Salvation Army. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if all of a sudden the Salvation Army, they just got all these. Judah would be brilliant. Salvation Army. Some Irish idiot on a podcast said, "I don't think I'd take Judah on a walk." Hashtag Don't give to the Salvation Army. Next year's Christmas appeal down the toilet because I don't go for Yoda. Yeah. So, on to question one. Okay, let's do it. How do we face change? Uh, so, I think of the four questions, this, this is my favourite one. Okay. Um, because I'm one of those strange people that loves change. Um, if you can see how that change is leading to progress, because I, I, I love progress, I love kind of incrementally making things better, seeing things develop, seeing things grow, making tweaks, adjustment, it, 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 improving things. So I, I love change because change leads to progress and there is no progress without change. If, if we don't change, if we don't change in our ministries, if we don't change in our churches, if we don't, um, if we, if we don't change in our children's group, youth, youth ministries, then we stagnate. Um, and, and so change... Is, is something uh, I really love engaging in the process of change. Uh, one, one of our, at, at Limitless, one of our core values is that pioneering is our calling. And as we describe that, we, we use this sentence, we talk about how we posture ourselves to be ready for change. Uh, and that's something that's really important to me, to, to have the uh, agility to be able to respond to the move of God uh, uh, as he calls and as and when he leads. Um, with that said... Um, not everything should change. So um, I, I think for me, it's about um, the message is unchanging. The message remains eternally the same. The, the gospel is, is, is the truth for all people, all generations, all nations. It's as relevant today as it's ever been and will always be. Um, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Um, so the, the message is unchanging, but, but the method can and must be continually changing, continually adapting to the changing paradigms of culture. So I think the challenge is, how do we communicate timeless truths in a fresh way? And I love engaging that challenge um, and, and, and finding new ways to communicate the, the, the gospel uh, relevantly. So, so yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm one of those guys who, who, who loves change. Um, there's a, a, as I reflected on this question, having listened to previous episodes and knew you were going to ask me, there, there was one particular scripture that came to mind from, from Numbers chapter 9, and I, and I brought it with me because um, I, I love this scripture, and it's about the people of Israel. The people of Israel, they get a lot of stick, don't they, for their, for their time in the desert, and rightly so, because there was a lot of idolatry and a lot of moaning and a lot of complaining. But here's one thing that I think they did get right. It says this in, in, in uh, Numbers chapter 9. It says, uh, on the day the tabernacle, the tent of the covenant law was set up, the cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looks like fire. This is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night, it looked like a fire. And it says this, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. And wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites set up camp. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out. And at his command, they set up camp. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in the camp. And this, this bit's so good. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle for only a few days. And at the Lord's command, they would set up camp. And then at his command, they would set out. So how do we face change? That's the question. I think, um, and I'm speaking about this from, I guess, more of a leadership perspective that the way we face change is by ensuring that our, our programs, our methodologies are tents, not buildings. Because a, a building, you can't move. A tent, you can pack down quickly. You can move to another place and you can set it up in a different configuration. And so it's how do we, how do we pre prevent our ministries from becoming so... Um, over-systematized over and restricted that when the cloud or the pillar of fire moves, we can't move with it. Do you see, do you see what I mean? And, and so I just, I think that's, that's so important that we have the agility to be able to respond to the move of God. And what I think, where I think we sometimes go wrong with this, Matt, is that we, we follow God somewhere and we set up camp and eventually that camp becomes a building 
And then God moves on to do something new. But we, we don't move because, because we go, no, but God did this. God, God did this. Um, and the thing is that we're right. God did do that. But now he's doing something else. And sometimes the people who are in the greatest opposition to what God wants to do next, we're actually on the cutting edge of what God did last. But we, we've, anchored, we've anchored ourselves so much in the method um, or, or the methodology or the program or the system of delivery that we become inflexible and we can't, we can't move. So, so I try to take the example of the people of Israel and try, and try to make everything that I do agile enough that I can quickly respond to change when, when God moves. So we've shut things down. We've started things up when the Lord has asked us to. And we've been able to do that with wisdom and, and you know, properly engaging the key stakeholders in those changes, of course. Um, but we've been able to make those, we've been able to adapt and respond to, to the move of God. So it, for me, it's, it's about tents, not buildings. One, one thing I, I often say to our team is, is that we're co- committed to the vision, but we're flexible with the mechanism. So, for example, we've got a vision to pioneer 100 new youth ministries through churches that are not currently reaching young people. We, uh, when we first launched that out, we had an idea about how we wanted to do it. We thought that we would do it through a gap year program. We get all these kind of gap year people in. And we'd send them out into teams. And those teams would go and they would pioneer. And, and that was our strategy for it but what happened was um, that we didn't get anyone on the gap year did that mean that the vision had failed well no because the vision wasn't to start a gap year the vision was to pioneer 100 new youth ministries the gap year was the strategy the gap year was the mechanism but because we understood the difference between the vision and the strategy we kept we we were serious about the vision and we just developed a new strategy and now we've pioneered so far 15 uh, new youth groups and that's, using a different system, and that's because you talked a bit about this earlier. But people listening may not may not know this. So that's a hundred churches in the Elam Pentecostal movement in the UK that have no connection with young people whatsoever. So yeah, no right. youth ministry, no work in schools, nothing in their community at all. And in the last how long? Uh, well, it'll be three years. You're, you've started fifteen brand new youth ministries in those places. I yeah. think that's remarkable. Yeah, and and we've got a fantastic um, leader on our team called Jamie, who has really spearheaded that. Mm-hmm. So what happened was I piloted it in my home church because in my home church there was one uh, young person, no youth okay. ministry. Yeah. So we got a bunch of students from the Bible college, some folks from the local church, and we we piloted it out and we learned some lessons about how to do it, how not to do it, and then we brought brought Jamie in who's a fantastic leader and he's been spearheading that along with um, some others on on his team um, but it feels significant you know because it feels like in, in, in going back to the question of how do we face change yeah it feels like you know it, it, it's changing the future for these churches yeah. you'd have to be a futurist to work out what's going to happen to those yeah. churches in a, in a generation or two's time yeah. if they don't change yeah. that trajectory and so actually um, yeah as, as I started with there's no progress without change. And so I think we, we learn to embrace change by, by knowing what we'll be stubborn about and knowing what to hold, uh, hold lightly. Yeah. Second question. Okay. How do you move through suffering? Yeah, so I, I must confess to, to knowing that this question was coming to almost feeling a little bit of a, a fraud in answering it because... Um, when I consider, you know, some of my brothers and sisters across the world and what they are going through right now for their faith, um, what, what I've been through just doesn't compare to that. And so have there been hardships? Yes. Have there been challenges? Yes. Have there been obstacles? Yes. Has there been grief? Yes. But, but really, I've, I've been really privileged, you know, my, my upbringing, two parents still married who love me and brought me up to love Jesus and... Um, you know, so I don't feel like I can speak about this with a great deal of authority. Though I've experienced loss, um, you know, one of my friends this this uh, in la- last year, just towards the end of last year, uh, same age as me, 35 years old, um, passed away because of cancer. Married two young kids, same age as, as mine. Went, you know, went went to his funeral, um, shed many tears. Went to the creme. Uh, which was even harder, actually, that smaller kind of service there with just a, a few folks. But even then, Matt, it's like, 
you know, my, my grief, in, 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 that wasn't so much f for me and my loss, but it was more for the kids, you know, because like when I saw them and I saw my kids really similar age, just one year different for, for each of them. And, and, and it was more where my tears were shed more for their, their suffering than for mine. Because, you know, what I was feeling, again, just doesn't compare to what his wife was feeling, to what the, those kids must have been feeling. So, so I answer this with, 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 with some trepidation. Um, but what I have learned, I think, in the, the little that I have suffered or the challenges and obstacles that I faced in my life is... Um, is is that it's about the perspective from which you in, you engage in that suffering that helps you to move through it and to embrace it. Um, immediately, the scripture that comes to my mind is is James chapter one, this countercultural narrative, which is consider it. This is crazy, pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So I think when we go through those times, none of us would ever choose them. But if we can engage with it, with perspective that this is actually producing something in me that can't be produced mm. aside from the trial, mm. I think, certainly for me personally, that helps me to, to move through it because I know God is forming something in me. He's shaping something in me. And kind of a cheesy line, but it's so true. I think what I've learned is that though we can choose our circumstances, what we can choose is our response to those circumstances. Mm. Um, and so that's what I want to try to do when, whenever I uh, face challenges, trials, obstacles, sufferings. I want to, I want to posture myself in, in such a way that, uh, that I'm able to respond to what God is doing in me and to and, and almost to say lord i don't want to go through this mm. before i've learned what you're trying to teach me mm. before you formed in me that which you're trying to form mm. in me in this time that's a really hard prayer to pray yeah. right because what actually we really feel is get me out of here yeah. I don't want to be here. That's yeah. what we feel. Yeah. But I'm trying to engage that considerate, pure joy perspective yeah. that, that James encourages us yeah. to. And I think, if, for me, having that different perspective helps me to move through it. Mm. When Shia writes about this in the book, and actually we talked about it when we recorded the podcast with him, but he talks about how, um, like the immature disciples, we want to rush past it and somehow make God smaller. Yeah. Like, actually, God's not big enough yeah. for it. So we try to make God small so that we can kind of rush through yeah. past that suffering but what you're saying is that you almost have to make that choice to say i don't want to get out of this until it's done its work in me yeah yeah it's hard yeah and that's and and this this is what i'm saying about choosing your response yeah because i don't think anybody will ever feel that nobody's ever going to feel like i want to stay here well, who does that no one does that but to choose that to choose that response to the circumstances God, I don't want to be here, but my choice is to respond to what you're doing in my life. Mm. My choice is to respond to, to, to what you're saying to me. I think that's helped me. And you know, the other thing that helps me is that I remind myself that Jesus never promised that we won't go through trial. Mm. It's not in the scripture. Mm. Uh, in fact, he promised that, that we will. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you'll be hated by everybody yeah. because of me. That's yeah. what, what I'm sending you out like a sheep among wolves. Yeah. These were some of the yeah. catchy phrases yeah. that, that yeah. Jesus gave us. Um, How many people get those ones tattooed on them? No, they don't. No, 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 big wolf true. tattoos with Jesus going on. Yeah, 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 it's true. But he does promise to be with us. Yeah. He does promise to be with us. You know, I think one of the primary things that suffering does in our, in our lives is it causes us to move from self-sufficiency to dependency on God. And actually, um, I, I believe that the greatest enemy of faith isn't doubt, it's self-sufficiency. Because when we can cover everything that we've got in our own strength, with our own resource, with our own capacity, with our own skill set, then actually we don't need, we don't need, you know, the truth is many of us live our lives in such a way that other than, you know, praying for a good parking spot at the mm. supermarket, we don't actually need God to mm. show up in our lives. Mm. 
because we, we're covered. We got, we got it covered and comfortable. Um, but but when, we, when we move into that place where we're, we're on our knees and saying, God, if you don't show up now, actually, that's, that's, I think that's where God wants us. Yeah. He wants us in that place where we're dependent upon him because that's, that, that's where faith grows. Yeah. That's where faith is, yeah. is fertilized and developed in our yeah. lives. Whereas if I'm just all dependent on me, faith dies in that yeah. place, you know. And I think some, that's one of the primary things that suffering does yeah. produce uh, in our lives. You're right. I think suffering strips that from us. Yeah, it does. Because in those yeah. moments, as we move through it, we have to rely and yeah. depend. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Another choice. Okay, let's do it. So we need to know what's in the snack bag. <laughs> in the snack bag. The snack bag. I, no, you're, I'm not a hiker. I'm not yeah. a walker. I assume snack bags are a thing. I only know about snack bags because I have a six-year-old, and apparently when you're under the age of six, you have to eat snacks all the time. I didn't realize children needed so many snacks. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. Yeah, never but, go out without a snack. But we have a snack bag. So I assume we take a snack bag on a hike. What, what's coming in yours? Yeah, so uh, uh, my boring answer is I'm taking a banana. Okay. Because bananas are good for energy. Okay. Right? Uh, and so you know you need yep. your energy uh, on on your hike. Also, though, uh, my favourite of all the cakes, yeah, chocolate tiffin cake. Interesting. Strong biscuit, chocolate, glory. Well, glory. coming round right now for us and for everyone here. Come on now. Are some very boring bananas, which have been in a cupboard for a bit too long. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie to you all. You might want to give the bananas a miss. Uh, but the bananas are coming. But also. Some they chocolate right. stuff's are coming as well. No. I love Tiffin. There you go. Man. You've got some Tiffin. Uh, can I have down. a bite now? Or is that that's not, gonna, that's not going to sound no, good on a microphone, piece. is it? Last night we had salt and vinegar crisps. It sounds okay. like there was an earthquake going on. I'm going to take a bite. Do it. Do it. No, it's good. Is it good Tiffin? That's the main question. Oh, yeah. Is it good Tiffin? It's a good, it's a good snack bag. How yeah. is the Tiffin out there? Is it a Tiffin or is it a brownie? Tell me the truth. It's a brownie, isn't it? Is the brownie all right? That was good. It was a good brownie. Oh, good. And the banana, did anyone taste the banana? Honestly, if you walk right into one of those cupboards, that's going to smell like banana for the next... When we come back next year, that cupboard is still going to smell like banana. This is going to help me on my drive. Good. For sure, yeah. You've got that. You've got your tiffin on there. You can have some of that for the home. I need some of it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we've done our snack bag. Okay. We need to move on to another question. Let's do it. Question three. How do you receive joy? Well, this uh, this was my uh, message uh, this evening here at the the conference. And um, I I was speaking about John chapter 15, uh, which is where Jesus gives his teaching about the vine and and the branches. And the basic principle of my message was, um, if we want to experience the joy of Jesus, we have to practice the way of Jesus. And, and what the Lord's been showing me is that um, in the scripture, joy is not a gift of the spirit. It's a fruit of the spirit. And so I think even the, 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 the question is kind of interesting in, in terms of the phraseology and that, uh, how do you receive joy I guess that would, a gift is something you receive, right? So I'll give you something, you'll receive it. Um, but in the scripture, as I say, joy isn't a gift, it's a fruit. And a fruit is something that has to be cultivated. A fruit is something that has to be nurtured. A fruit is something that, that starts small as a seed and, and it has to grow. And so increasingly I've come to believe that that um, it in order to, to experience Jesus' joy, we have to practice Jesus' way for that fruit to be able to grow up. Um, so stuff like pruning, cutting back, Jesus talks about that in, in John chapter 15. I think one of the reasons we, we don't experience joy is because we're too busy to experience it. We're too busy to receive it. You know, my mind is... It could, it could be that my mind is not on our conversation. It's on the two-hour drive I've got coming up next. And so I'm not really here. I'm not really in the moment. I'm too busy to, to, to be present to this moment and experience the joy of, of this moment. The, the whole thing of um, like, like remaining in him, that's just so important. Joy comes from being connected to the vine. Joy comes at the end of his teaching about being connected to the vine, Jesus says this, I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So if I, if I want to have Jesus' joy, I've got to remain connected to the vine in him, time with him. And sometimes busyness, you know, one of the first things that we can let go of when life gets busy is that time to just remain, to just be, you know, one of the things I've started practicing uh, more recently um, in my kind of daily time with Jesus each morning is 
I'll just have five minutes. I'll set my time at five minutes of just silence. And uh, I'm not saying anything, but I'm just being in his love, receiving his love, giving love to him. And actually, I just, it's a really healthy practice for me. It's good, good for my soul. Um, and it doesn't sound like a, a massively long time, but actually five minutes in silence, yeah. it's actually a, it's a really interesting time because it doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot in the, in the worlds we live in, in the lives that people lead mm. that are constantly filled with stuff. Yeah. Five minutes of silence is an incredible moment, actually, in a day. Yeah. Have you seen that bear fruit in your life? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like for me, I just know, Matt, that I, I am, I am, I'm weak. And when I don't have, uh, well, in former days, because it, 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 it like, I, I, I don't say this to like try and um, be impressive or anything like that, but I, I do spend time with Jesus every day now. That is my number one priority for every day. That is how I will start my day. And it's not because I'm some kind of like spiritual wizard. <laughs> it's because I need to. I need to. Because if, if, I don't, if I don't have that time, I lose my joy. If I don't have that time, I, I lose my battles against sin. If I don't have that time, I get overwhelmed by comparison to other people and other ministries. And that time with him, just, you know, the primary outcome of my time with Jesus is it just, it centers my life around him. Um, and so has it bore fruit? Yes, it has, and, and I'll tell you the one specific way it's, it's bore fruit, because I've always, well, for, for a number of years, I've spent time in prayer and reading my Bible every morning, and that continues to be a life-giving, healthy practice for me, particularly, I you know, I love the Bible, and, and that just does its renewing work in my life. But what the silence has done, I think, is it's helped me to be continually aware of his presence with me, in the rest of the day. Uh, and so I had this funny thing happen to me the other week. Um, Limitless Leaders in January is our kind of annual leaders conference, uh, our, our equivalent in Elam of what, of what this is. And um, it was before the evening session. And uh, we were kind of there like with the speaker and a few people on team and somebody said, okay, sh so shall we pray now? And I found myself thinking, <laughs> this is gonna sound really weird, but I found myself thinking, oh, why would we do that? And then I, then I kind of caught myself thinking that because, of course, you pray before a meeting. That's what you do. Like, that's what I've done, you know, all my life before meetings. Like, you pray before the meeting. I reflected on that a few days later. I thought, why did I think that? That was so weird. And I realized that I was just so aware of God's presence with me, like, throughout the day that I think it was a little sample of what Paul talks about when he says, talks about praying continuously. And just beginning just to touch on what that means a little bit, it doesn't mean speak to God continuously. Of course it doesn't mean that. I think it just means be aware of his presence with you. You, you know, you, 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 you're checking in. You're the, the, the one sentence, couple of word prayers, the, yeah, Lord, you're with me in this moment as I'm sending this email or I'm making this phone call or having this meeting. And I think that's the fruit that the silence has borne. It's made me more aware of his presence with me just in the little bits of, of the day-to-day. -day. And uh, I know there's, there's plenty of people out there who would spend much more time th th than that, but that, that five minutes, just amazing what five minutes can do, just really helped me to, with, with that, yeah. Now, sometimes those moments get interrupted by my two small children who get up and I have to stop reading and make a breakfast there and go back to it, or somebody's shouting at me because they've done a poo and they need their bum wiped and I have to which really helps center my, my mm, yeah. soul around yeah, the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just the reality of life, hey? But I get up, I get up early, uh, and I make that the first thing that I do every day. And, and I know not everyone's a morning person, Matt, but here is, this, uh, I long for you to catch this, people who are listening, guys in the room. Please don't spend time with your phone before you spend time with Jesus. Because um, the default that we have is that we wake up mm -hmm. and we pick up our phone and then it's notification, it's Instagram, it's social media, it's um, text message, it's email. That is a recipe for comparison and discontentment and a hurried soul. You're right, it's so easy to make that the thing we go to first. And, and then the recording stopped. Very sadly, that was it. We had a technical failure at the back, the desk stopped working, and so we lost everything else that happened. But all is not lost, because I'm now joined by Tim Alford. Hello, Tim. 
Hello again. Hello. <laughs> now, what we lost from the recording were two things. We lost your final choice and the final question. So the final choice is what's on the playlist. And I'm intrigued to know whether it's changed since February. Uh, well, no, I'm still listening to The Midnight a lot. Yep, uh, so that's what I said in February. Um, and I uh, just so good. I, yep. I, I love The Midnight. I have um, since then discovered a new band that I'm really loving Ooh. called Joan. Okay. And it's a similar kind of vibe. It's that kind of new wave kind of synth pop okay. kind of stuff. But uh, they've just got some real kind of nice groove based okay. uh, tracks. I'm really into Joan. But yeah, The Midnight. Um, I can't remember which track I, I chose, actually. The, the album is called Kids, and it's a great, yes. it's a great album. It's so vibrant. Yes. Uh, go great. check that out if, you, if you're listening. No, I don't think there could be a more stark difference between February and today. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? So we're, we're now in early June, to kind of put this, uh, this bit of the conversation in some context. I mean, the world that we were in was a world where we were sitting on a stage, definitely less than two meters apart, in a room yeah. with probably a hundred people sitting definitely not two meters apart at a huge gathering of people from all over the country. And that feels like a lifetime ago. It really does. It's it really incredible. does. For you uh, heading up Limitless at the Elam, uh, I guess there's no world in which you got, you could have imagined. I mean, even in February when we were talking, you were talking about an event that was coming up and, and you were talking yeah. about other things. You were talking about the gatherings that you guys are doing. You were talking about new expressions forming in, in very small uh, rural churches or places where they had no youth work. Yeah. that's yeah. a huge leap now for some of those people who had just started youth work in the last year having never done it before and now all of a sudden we're going oh by the way change everything you were doing yeah well yeah and it's like that you know everything's on on, on hold yeah. and the festival's been, uh, been cancelled and yeah. we're working on a, an online version which yeah. will which will happen on, on 7th and 8th of august uh like we're not doing the full five days yeah. online obviously but you know so again like creativity going into that and we're working on that the pioneering stuff uh, you mentioned uh, limitless pioneers we help churches that don't have any mm. young people to start new youth ministries well we've been continuing the training mm. of the teams and mm. churches on zoom but of course the launch of those youth ministries yeah is all is on hold as yeah. well so we've really i think been trying to focus our energy in the initial phase in trying to support youth workers and help them to navigate this yeah. moment uh, so that was kind of you know the, f the first phase and we're continuing to do that using using our podcast as yeah. well you know to talk about coronavirus and all that and then now we're just trying to move into a phase where uh, as as we continue to do that we're, we're we're trying to look at some more stuff that can go directly to young people and help young people we've done a bit of that yeah but our focus has really been on supporting the leaders yeah. so far and, and now we're just kind of moving into i guess a, a bit of a second phase mm. without you know letting go on the support of the leaders yeah but yeah it's it, it it you know the nature of what we do at limitless has completely changed yeah completely yeah. changed yeah. in in a moment yeah and we had uh, just a la these last two days had a meeting with uh my uh, what's called our directional team just asking some really yeah. big deep probing questions i feel like god's really been undoing some things mm. in me in, in this time and showing me things in, in, in a different way and uh, 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 i feel like i'm getting a new perspective on, mm. on all, all kinds of things really and matt to be honest i feel like i've got a lot of big questions and not very many answers yeah I feel like I'm grasping at some things and just mm. beginning to, to to glimpse some things, but I, I, I'm far from landing mm. those things. You know, mm. I think a lot of us feel like that, um, and I think that's okay as yeah. well. It's okay. Yeah. And I think a positive thing is the undoing of the illusion of control. Yes. Um, we are not in control. Yes. <laughs> and. Uh, often so much of our leadership is about trying to be in control isn't yeah, it yeah and uh, that's been totally undone yeah but we remember and we remind ourselves that god is in control well that's... i've been praying that prayer you know mm. we do not know what to yes. do, but our eyes are on you the question that we lost was how do we mature in service and you've already started answering that question so there i've, I've said it there we've done i've done the official bit i've officially said it but let's go back to what you were saying because i think what you were saying is so important to that in this moment and in the past and moving forward because what we what you're saying about giving up control particularly as a leader i think is one of the hardest things 
to do. And for me, I think um, this last couple of months, I've been incredibly drawn to the word surrender. And I, I mm. wonder for you as a leader, when you talk about giving up control, how difficult has that been for you in the past, before this moment, to really relinquish control when your job is to lead? It's an interesting tension, isn't it? Because one thing I, I really do believe is important for leaders, and this um, pandemic hasn't changed my thinking around that, is clarity. Mm. I think clarity is really important, and I think that's what leaders do. They they um, they bring clarity around you know the mission, the vision, the values, the culture, the direction of any you know church, ministry, or organization. Mm. Um, it, for me, it's really about hearing God and saying, you know, what, what is it that you're asking us to do? Jesus only did what he saw the father doing. Right. And he had real clarity about his purpose, real clarity about the thing that God had called him to do. And he would often say no to things that people would want him to do because he knew what God had asked him to do. Mm -hmm. And so I still believe that that is is true, mm. but it's easy for that pursuit of clarity in order to be obedient to god to migrate into i'm in control because mm -hmm. i know what we're doing mm -hmm. it, it that sometimes could feel like a bit of a thin line can't it yeah so i think the question for me is how do we posture ourselves to listen to god uh to to be keeping in step with the spirit those who live by the spirit keep in step with the spirit but at the same time being as you say, surrendered to God's purposes over mine. Uh, it, it, it occurs to me that we can have our identity so rooted in what we do that we don't know who we are when God takes it away. And there's been a taking away moment here, hasn't there? For us, Luminous Festival in 2020 has been, it's been taken away. But if, if, if so much of me and my own identity is rooted in that, mm. then that could have been, you know, shattering. And sure, I was disappointed for a little while. Well, but um, if, if I can, because I think it's important to say, so Limitless Festival is not just a, a was, was not going to just be a brilliant five-day event, but also there was a passing on of a mantle from Soul Survivor through Mike yeah. onto you. All of that happened in the last year or two. And so for you as a human being, as a, as a man opposite me on a screen, there would have been some responsibility. You were feeling, you would have been feeling some of that in terms of what was coming next. And there was an expectation on Limitless that it was going to do something and provide something and step into a space. Yeah. So yeah. your identity very easily could have been caught up in some of that, couldn't it? That would have been a big temptation, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, I think in, in moments like this, you find out who you really are, don't you? And um, so I guess, for, yeah, and, and, and the, the truth is that it's been two years, Matt, this mm. journey where there has not been a single day mm. where I've not invested um, at least a, a emotional and mental energy into mm -hmm. it. And, and also a lot of my time yes. as well um, has been invested into it. Uh, and I think the week in which kind of I really felt like as I was praying about it, God was leading us to make the call mm. rather than to hold on any mm. longer. Um, it's interesting actually, because it's a, the question is about, I know we're kind of, <laughs> kind of uh, snaking around it a yeah. little bit, but the question about how you mature in service yeah. and actually the thing that changed in me, Matt, um, that caused, it was, I guess the tipping point in mm. my reflection on it was I moved from, how do we do everything that we can to keep this thing on and make it happen to um, a more service oriented posture of what do the leaders, groups and young people who are booked in or who, or who are planning to book in need from us. Wow. And so my posture changed, I guess, to a more service oriented posture. Yeah. And I realized what, what people really needed was clarity they needed yeah. a decision yeah. they didn't need to be holding on in limbo wondering if we'll, and yeah. so that's that's really what changed it, yeah. it i guess my posture became more of a service oriented one than yeah. it was yeah uh, and so that's how we made the decision and then when the de decision was made i did feel um down about it mm. for for a day or so but i just think you know 
I didn't wallowing in self-pity doesn't help anybody mm. does it you know the decision's made mm. let's move forward mm. god is god is in control i'm not um so it's kind of you know sometimes Matt, you need to speak to your soul rather than letting your soul speak to you don't you and so it's just come on let's move on let's yeah. get over it so yeah you know there was a day or so i felt upset about it but but you know it's just you know next next foot forward to keep going yeah um and that's important because a lot of people listening to this will have cancelled their summer programs there's a lot of people who will be listening yeah. to this episode who in february were like you planning residentials festivals big events concerts you know summer schools and holiday things and holiday all of those things all across the uk and and there is going to be disappointment and i think it's really important to hear you say that that did yeah. hurt but actually there's a moment when you come out of it and you go, yeah. okay, let's move on. Because I think a lot of people might still be in that other phase, that phase of yeah. just being huge. And I think you have to make a decision to mm. move on. You have to make a decision to draw a line and say, okay, that's, yeah. that's happened. I'm going to give it to God. Um, and now I'm going to move forward. It's, it's, it's a decision that, that you have to make. But yeah. I think Matt, for me, it's like, what is it that we really want? What is mm. it? Because for me, like, a, a big event is not what I really want. What mm. I really want is, you know, the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. What I really want is to see God move in, in a generation. Mm -hmm. And so I think we need to examine our hearts on our motives, right? You know, uh, and yes. again, I think that kind of motive is ex exposed in this season and our, our selfish ambition is exposed in the season. And I think that one of the things that's happened for me in this time, and again, this is connected to the how do we mature in, in service Thing, is I think that God has um, really worked in my heart to um, really undo any selfish ambition that was left in there. Um, and I think, I think how that happened was, I just had a lot of conversations where people were talking about the number of views mm. and engagements that they would get in online. And I think I started just to see through the illusion of success. Yeah. And it was like, who cares? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just don't, I can't live for that. I can't live for building, building subscribers on YouTube. And I get, I get that if people, you know, are, are connecting with things online that are, that are positive, that's a good thing. I get that we want yeah. to serve people. We want to, we want to do our best to help people engage with content that's that's healthy rather than unhealthy and all of that i understand that side of the argument yeah but i think we're kidding ourselves if we think that views and engagements translates into making disciples absolutely absolutely um, and so uh, yeah i think i feel like i've just i've maybe seen through some of that a little bit and it's just like ah, i'm not and it's an important one isn't it because if if you live by compliments you die by criticism yes uh, and 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 so you know again it again maybe it's an identity thing you know if 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 so much of my worth is hooked into people's response to my youtube video yes well that that's you know that's all well and good if you know the subscriber count is going up and everybody loved it but you know what happens when um as has happened to me somebody makes a video to um to criticize you and that's the purpose of what yeah. they made or somebody hits the dislike button or somebody yeah. And this is happened to me, right? Who's this guy, and why should he be talking to us about this? Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> if you live by the compliments and the praise, and that stuff really will really get to you, mm -hmm. it'll really get to your into your heart, right? But uh, I, yeah, maybe and maybe again, this is how we mature in service: is that we just have to become less and less concerned about what people think about us, mm. and more and more oriented towards how we can use whatever God has entrusted to us to be a blessing and, mm. a, and a service to others. Mm. And, and, and often, you know, the, the outworking of that, it can be the same. Yes. It can be the same thing, but um, only God really knows our motive. Right. Yeah. And we don't want to go around second guessing everybody's motives. That's not what I'm suggesting that we do. Um, but that we, just do you know like we said earlier 
that we just do what we see the Father doing, the thing that God asks us to do, and we're obedient to that. Ultimately, success in the kingdom of God is about uh, obedience, yes. not visibility. Yes, and 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 what you just said is really important because actually the the motives that we can invest in, the motives that we can be sure of, are our own. They're the heart motives that we can change. They're the ones like like you right you know right you know earlier on in this conversation, you have to decide how you respond to that disappointment. You have to decide yeah. how you respond to Limitless being cancelled or your summer school being cancelled or your holiday club being cancelled. You have to decide that. And similarly here, we have to choose that heart posture when we click send on the YouTube video or on the latest you know podcast that we're putting out or with the latest kind of thing we're sending out uh, on Facebook to our group, but we're secretly hoping lots of other groups see it too. We have to choose <laughs> that moment, right? We have to like, we have to do that. We have to kind of, we have to choose our posture in that moment. And some of the maturing in service is just what you've said. It's about going obedience. Maturity in service looks like obedience, not visibility. That is going, uh, that is going in my phone in my notes because I'm going to quote you on that a lot because that's really important. That's really important. Uh, obedience, not visibility is a huge thing to say in a moment like this. I really, I really do. I think it's a really prophetic thing to say in a moment like this when visibility feels really important. But success yeah. in the kingdom is obedience, not visibility is my new quote for the next few weeks. I'll be going to a lot. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Listen, I want to say thank you for your time because you are still incredibly busy, even in lockdown, uh, doing what you do. And, and the job you have has, has got lots of responsibility with it. So I don't take for granted you giving me some more time today. That's a uh, yeah, I'm really grateful for that. Um, and and I also want to say um, thanks again for what you did in February. It's referenced throughout this podcast. But that night you spoke, I think you spoke right into people's hearts you you brought a message that came uh, right from jesus right through to the people in the room and to me sitting at the back listening as well so thank you for that and thanks for today and listen we are continuing to pray for you when is limitless online give me those dates again because i'm sure people will want to jump on that yeah limitless festival online will be 7th and 8th of august right. so we're doing kind of three uh, kind of fast-paced uh, celebrations right uh, and then we're doing four live seminars, which wow. will involve, you know, people being able to interact with Q&A and right. all that, that kind of stuff. So should, it should be good fun. And, right. you know, we pray that God will meet people through it. Yeah. And your own podcast, Limitless have a podcast as well, which I highly recommend. These things aren't in competition. They, they all sit alongside each other. And your podcast, tell people what your podcast, where they can find it. Yeah, it's the Limitless Leadership Podcast. And um, it, it's, it's regarding the future of... Uh, leadership and uh youth ministry and you know we we try to try to engage with issues that are relevant so we just you know yesterday as we recorded just yeah. dropped a dropped an episode about how we engage with racial injustice you know in the light of what's been happening in culture at the moment and you know the the very tragic uh, death yeah. of uh, george floyd yeah. and everything that's followed and uh, so we you know spoke to that a little bit yeah, yeah so that's the limit of the usual podcast and, and that's on itunes and spotify and all the usual places people can go and find that all the usual places. yeah it's a, it is a really great podcast it is one i listen to actually and i really enjoy it. i think there's a lot in it and i'm i'm not a youth leader i'm not i but i i love conversation you know i love conversation i love listening into people's conversations and there's 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 loads of great wisdom in those podcasts which i would absolutely recommend and if you're a youth leader it's probably even more useful i'm just enjoying it as a kind of a sitting outside picking up all these nuggets but if you're a youth leader i can absolutely assure you it's something that you'll want to be listening to as well tim thank you so much we genuinely uh, appreciate you being with us uh, on the night you got a huge round of applause i can't do that for you here but that's okay because that's not what it's about as we've discovered over the last few minutes uh, but I, but i will say thank you because it, it is always lovely to speak to you my friend it's always great to catch up and i'll be back next time with another guest who'll be facing the same four questions and making the same four choices on the all terrain podcast 